sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. And uh, this week we have our guests, uh, Let's Go Women First. Oh, that's not going to work. Let's go uh, in order of first name first. <laughs> that's me, Laura. Hi, Laura. Ooh. And? And Michael, Mistress of the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> not really. I don't know if you want to be associated with that, but... That's well, did, did you see Jeez. the boobs? Oh my god, her boobs are amazing. That movie that's is true. perfect. They're 100% real also. But let's start this fight from the first minute. <laughs> well, let's not jump ahead. <laughs> yeah. How are you so sure they're 100% real? Because I just, I've done my research. You, you saw her in the sauna? <laughs> yeah, like on that episode of Seinfeld, that's exactly what I was going <laughs> to They're real and they're spectacular. <laughs> she would say something more like they're real and they're terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's strange. <laughs> well, speaking of big boobs, uh, the Paul Lind <laughs> Halloween special <laughs> from 1976. Oh uh. I just I just want to uh, uh, the things I do for this podcast, man. I I just want to ask you guys because I was only six at the time, so I, well, I guess I was the oldest of all of us, but. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck was wrong with everybody in the set? Yeah, I don't know. I was, well, neg- I was negative five years old, <laughs> so <laughs> I have no idea, but it was, oh, I don't know. Patrick, you sound like you were about to say something. So. I'm just wondering if at the time did anybody want to watch it? or? Just- well, I, think I think so. I think so too. Yeah. I think that like the, the variety show number one was a big deal in the 70s. I mean, yeah. like everybody had a variety show like B. Arthur had a variety show that aired once or something like that like so when you think back like the 70s was a big deal for the variety show vehicle whether I, that be helmed by Paul or anybody Donnie well, Bree, I think by the time Cher. 76 came around I think I think they were starting to die no not and yet I think, yeah no Donnie oh, Marie okay. came like at the same time as this right yeah. oh, I thought that was before it okay yeah, uh, he was. I mean, they're terrible. I'm yeah, absolutely not defending like even this, the Paul Lind 1976 Halloween Halloween show that we watched, is a classic because it's kind of horrible. <laughs> kind even, of even kind the Wiki- even the Wikipedia page, which is supposed to be, I think, neutral, like somewhere deep within is buried this line that I thought was a quote from someone, but it's just from whoever was updating the page, just saying that it suffered from terrible writing and therefore was only replayed once. I was, I don't know. Um, something I said to Michael the other day is that um, because I grew up kind of after the variety show phenomenon had faded out a little bit. Um, my major my major reference for this was the Simpsons spin-off spectacular or yes, spin-off exactly. showcase in season eight when like the third part of that episode was like the Simpsons it was like a Brady Bunch style variety show and the and it also had Tim Conway on it and it was similarly like the writing was exactly the same in the parody uh, as it was in the actual variety totally. show so I was 
blown away by how realistic the Simpsons spinoff <laughs> episode was after I saw this one. We're, we're all too young to have seen variety shows, right? I, I mean, that's not something I just missed watching. Nope. I, I watched uh, Donnie and Marie and uh, yeah. Sonny and Cher when I was a kid. Oh but that God, was rerun. I mean, Sunny and Cher is from the '60s, right? No, no, dude. no. no ah. th- yeah, this was this was first run. I don't think they ever show this crap in reruns. No. Okay. Oh yeah. boy. So either. I just didn't watch it. That's. I would have watched this like a bird, a moth, a bird to a flame, a moth to a flame <laughs> when I was five years old. I would have been. <laughs> lots of feathers burning. It was horrible. Um, but no, it was. Uh. I remember watching this when I was a kid. And not understanding who all of these people are. And mm-hmm. honestly, I had to look some of them up. But the first time I saw this as an adult, like, I didn't know. It's got... Um, Margaret, um, Margaret Hamilton. Margaret Hamilton from The Wizard of Oz. It must be the only one you didn't have to look up. Well, everybody knew who that was, I think. Yeah. yeah. That was still a big deal when I was a kid, anyway. Yeah. And then um, uh, Witchy Poo, who I did not know who that was as an adult. But I've since gone back and, like... Like watched some H and R Puff and stuff, and I'm like, she she's probably the most consistent thing on that show. You know, she's probably the best thing about that show that's ever. Not saying a whole <laughs> that's lot. That's not either. saying much. Wait, at the all. best thing about which show? H R Puff and H. R. Puff stuff. H R Puff stuff. Oh, I thought you meant the best thing about the Paul Lind Halloween special. And oh, I was going to beg to differ. <laughs> I don't know that there is a best thing. <laughs> yeah, about I was going to say. If I, I think if, I've got a best thing ready for you, but I'll wait until we move on to the individuals parts of the show. <laughs> Whatever you said, disagree with. <laughs> I think overall, what we have to look at with Paul Lind in the show is that, like, it doesn't make sense to us now looking back at it, but it is absolute. Like everything that was pop culture then is in the show, and yes. that's kind of the problem it's, with it. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's too mass. It's too like mass market. There's no but, focus. It's like I think the fact that. Margaret Hamilton, Paul Lind, and Kiss were all on the same show, to, and Florence right. Henderson. Like that, just like made no sense to me. Well, and I, I mean, I can understand what you guys are saying. The variety shows were popular, but I can't understand anyone watching this and enjoying it. Oh, I'm sure nobody did. <laughs> I okay. Think, like, okay. An okay. We were okay. An eight-year-old boy or girl and their grandparent could watch it together <laughs> and both enjoy it, but anyone in between would just be like burn the tv right just one thing i mentioned to pat before uh we started recording was that for a show full of uh song and dance numbers when uh when paul stanley of kiss is the best singer on your show maybe you just shouldn't have singing (laughs) maybe you missed Maybe you missed a Florence Henderson number. I did oh not. Oh my god! I had to. I rewatched it today, and I had to skip that whole part. I could not watch her sing that song again. It was awful. Just to talk about how things haven't changed, there's a show that's going to be on Tuesday on some channel. I don't know which that Kiss is going to be performing on, and they're actually mentioned in the advertisement. So. Well, I hope to God they don't do Beth again because that song reeks. Oh God! Did I, mean, it? I think the worst. You read the the Wikipedia. I think this was Kiss's first appearance. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. And on probably one of the reasons it still exists is because Kiss fans traded this tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine. The I I don't know why else people would save the tape of this. Uh, well, even Paul I, Lind fans might prefer to watch Paul something Lind, else. Paul Lind was a. I mean, I realize that like I'm probably a little older than Pat and like a year younger than John. But like, Paul Lynn was a big deal in the 70s. Oh, yeah, he, wasn't he? Yeah, it yeah. says, I, I was reading, he was, in 1974, he was voted America's favorite comedian. Oh, 
Like, yeah. He was like, he was, wait a minute, <laughs> who's doing this voting? I know. I feel <laughs> I like it's just Richard like, Pryor was around in 1974, wasn't he? <laughs> I'm well, just trying uh, to imagine who the fan base for Paul Lind was. And Michael, I know you have some good stuff to say about sure. Paul Lind, but just, I just, the only guy I can, the only person I can imagine liking Paul Lind is like a depressed like asshole middle-aged dude that like drank beer like drank miller sitting on his recliner laughing because he's such a snarky asshole but denying the whole time that he's gay that's like the only person i can see thinking poland is funny i think you've just described the middle american culture of the 1960s and 70s i was gonna say loved him when you watch this there or anything with paul lynn really um There is no way that he's not 100% flaming gay. But, like, to get voted, it's not like America in 1974 or 76 was was like, oh, well, he's one of the good ones. They just didn't (laughs) get it. No, they didn't. I think also media was so much more limited back then that, like, yes, people like liked Richard Pryor or something, but he wasn't getting, like, these primetime spots on one of, like, the four channels that were on at that time and so people were like all right this is what you guys are feeding me i'll take it wait do you think (laughs) john do you think people didn't think paul lind was gay i really don't think they did but i thought a lot of his his jokes on hollywood squares were were kind of how much how much later was that though oh okay so later it, it it was apparent that he was gay but early when it wasn't i don't think it really ever was to a lot of people Oh. Yeah, what what Laura and I were talking about yesterday because we hung out in the morning. We were um, I've actually read his biography, and because I think I find him fascinating. So his whole backstory is that he's um a, he was a fat gay guy uh, as a kid who wanted to be in theater. He was really good at it. He excelled at being super bitchy, and people were actually so afraid of him Ugh. that like he would go to Hollywood parties or Broadway parties. And he was so he would he had this thing where he would drink too much and then hook onto one person and just rip at them all night until they <laughs> cried. Which personally, I call that person a hero. I Let's, love that. Oh my god, baby. that's terrifying to me. Perfectly I feel like... describes me and Pat at parties. I swear <laughs> yes. to God. No way. But he would pick the most innocent victim. He would find not the like the one who deserved it the most. He would find the one who would be like the most like defenseless and he would go after them and he was like he was big friends with like charlotte ray in in college and he was like you know it was that sort of like before they were famous before we knew them in the 80s but he had this whole like like interesting sort of connection to the to backstory but he was on tv as this you know colorful flaming character but nobody even thought that he was serious when well, he was saying Liberace, it was the same deal, right. right? I mean, where it was just like, now everyone looks back and is like, this man is clearly gay. But at the time, it was like, Liberace, will he ever marry? Right. Like, well, <laughs> but by the time, as kids, we knew knew Liberace. We, we knew he was gay. It just wasn't, nobody else said it. Like, he yeah. didn't say it, but people watching it knew he was gay by that, I, by, I, by later times. I think you're really like, you're really discounting middle America's... Uh, I'm just saying us. Because like, when I was a kid, we'd make fun of the fact. And we made fun of the... I mean, we were kids and stupid, but we made fun of the whole watermelon diet that killed them thing. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> I mean, Wait, I think... what? <laughs> I what are you talking about? Uh, Liberace died because he was on a watermelon diet. 
That was the official statement that he had been in a watermelon diet. <laughs> oh, I get it. I thought it was a euphemism. Uh, <laughs> as did I. Like, what? It actually what is a, a euphemism. What a steady diet of fruit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't put that together. <laughs> well, I think there were there were obviously people who did know, like the the more hip element knew. But you have to think, even post uh, Paul Lynn, people didn't get that Freddie Mercury was gay, right? Um, like, People, people didn't get that the goddamn village people were gay. Yeah. yeah. Rob Rob Halford. Of Judas Priest, yeah. Yeah, there's another one. Because like, gays weren't on TV. Like, if they were on TV, they were hairdressers, and they were, like, skinny wisps, and very, like, like stereotypical. yeah. And for him to be on TV acting like that in a sarcastic way, I think people just assumed he was, like, maybe he was gay, but also maybe he was, like... Using he was making fun of gays more than yeah. was actually a gay himself. Right. Well, my experience with Paul Lynn growing up was, did he? So he was a very self like he, he, very like you know he his his later life. This is his later career. Like he's got maybe I don't know five or ten years left at this point. Mm-hmm. So um, it kind of goes downhill because he gets trapped on the Hollywood squares. Where oh. he's only ever this Paul Lind character, and he's <laughs> trapped in a square. Trapped in the center square, <laughs> and he can never break out of it. And he wants to do other things, and he's actually good at other things. But nobody wants to hear about like the other side of Paul Lind. They want him to be this every day. So his and, actual life was a metaphor. What do you mean? Trapped in a trapped yeah, in a box. Yeah, yeah. it was. His his biography is called Center Square. <laughs> Uh, so he but, he, 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 so he didn't that escape trap. that. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> died pretty young. He did. He died of like I think he was drugs and booze and stuff like that. And okay. he was pre-AIDS. I hate to say that, but I would have assumed that he died of the watermelon diet as well. But he was found dead in his home. He had like hustlers and um, he had a heart attack or something from a drug overdose or something like that and died. And he was fat. He was always like gaining weight and losing weight and. He was he hated himself. And there are crazy, crazy stories in his biography about how much like he like was so self destructive. But what's funny is that he was so self destructive and probably everybody on stage dancing with him in this special is terrified of him in their way. Because yeah. he knows that he'll tu- he'll they'll know that he'll turn on them at any time. And if if you watch it, nobody's directing them, clearly. Because <laughs> like, at the show yeah. there's the end at the end there's this great dance number where they're playing like what like disco boogie or something I've Dis- never it's heard. disco baby the gender baby. neutral version of <laughs> disco lady <laughs> and all these all the stars that were in the show come out to dance with him mm-hmm. and they're all like they're trying to do a synchronized dance but nobody's doing the same dance like margaret <laughs> hamilton is turned left and the oh. other witch is like spinning and florence henderson is looking in the other direction and it's the most convoluted dance number mm. you've ever seen it's and everybody possible so that the strong was the song was giving them all a stroke yeah <laughs> so you, and well, laura you said that they threw every piece of pop culture and i don't remember was there roller skating oh uh, hell yeah dude okay good so everything was there <laughs> yeah late 70s or early 80s was no there, there wasn't but roller there wasn't skating in the, in the show. show though oh oh, oh sorry yeah and culture but i do no, I, no, before yeah, we get but, oh, to too much towards the end i mean i'm going to say this one thing about the end which i 
made a big scrawling note of this that what the first thing he says after the disco baby number which closes the show um the first thing he says is thank you for making me feel wanted which i was just like that is the most bizarre way for a host to like end a show (laughs) it was just the saddest thing he could have said at the end really is and then he like thanked everybody i was like oh he's headed backstage to drink poison now (laughs) yeah and to spit on ace freely I, I, I forgot that I take I took notes and and the second thing I wrote down is how is this fifty minutes long? <laughs> I don't I, I I said that when they were doing the bits about is it Christmas? I liked <laughs> I liked that bit. That was my second favorite part of the yeah. whole show. <laughs> and what was, was Pinky Tus- Tuscadero a thing? She was on Happy yeah. Days. Yeah, she was well, on I, Happy I, Days. I realized the character was from Happy Days. I just didn't realize that the character ever left Happy Days. Well, apparently she does. So, well, I <laughs> think, eventually, yeah. because the show ended, and then she was on a lot of stuff, basically playing that character. Oh, yeah, was, I was going to say, judging by her acting on this, it's not surprising she didn't do more. Yeah. But I guess because '76 Happy Days was still running, they didn't give her a regular character. I guess so. She had to go elsewhere to use it. Well, it's the same way that, like, I feel like in the '70s, like characters would cross over and guest star more than actresses ever would, because people didn't really identify actors in the same way that we do now i don't think i feel like the character was a, at least at that level a sitcom character right. you're just that and you're not a person outside of that and mm-hmm. it's like let's just get the 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 thing that drove everything was the carol burnett show model of like big um funny variety show with lots of dumb sketches and let's throw in the reference to cbs which was it well oh, i remember yeah. that being huge in yeah. the 70s. yeah Convoy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, Carol just, Burnett, would you call that a variety show, or was that just a sketch show? Because I don't remember them having singing or anything other than sketches on that. That's a good question. I would say that that is a comedy sketch variety show. I mean, yeah. it's, you're right. There's no singing, but like it's... There's no singing on Saturday Night I mean, there is singing on Saturday Night Live, and they just call that a sketch show, so it's really hard to pin down. It's the way she always comes out and introduces or, or ends. I can't remember mm-hmm. which one she did. I, think I feel like both. that's... It's kind of the same. It's kind of the same formula, even though it's not the variety of having like a musical right, right. as well. And I, I haven't seen it in years, but I think I think Carol Burnett show is probably good. I just don't oh, want to. Yeah. I don't want to put it into the same pile as this. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting it's... into dangerous territory. Yeah. <laughs> all I feel I feel bad that we were going to have to talk about Betty White associated with this. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Betty White is in this. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, one thing, the one thing that stuck out to me was, uh, well, I mean, a lot, aside from just the, the general horribleness of the show, was um, at the beginning, he starts singing a song, mm-hmm. and oh. it, it, like, turns into, like, a kid's these days, but when he first starts, it sounds like he's making sexual innuendo towards children. <laughs> you could come... I don't know if you remember that. You could come <laughs> ring my bell anytime. <laughs> oh, my God. See, totally innocent. Like, I'm sure he never, like, nobody would have ever caught that that was any kind now of bizarre innuendo. Now everything is a sexual innuendo, and so people are on, like, high alert, which may have been <laughs> a detriment to the comedy world, because now you can't, like, say anything without it being, like... It's true, but, I mean, like, the, the kind of leer in his voice doesn't help yes. his case yes. either. <laughs> that he seems kind of like a perv. <laughs> no. yeah. He pretty, yeah, pretty much everything he says have sexual undertones when he, when he says yeah. it. But uh, can we really quick 
talk about the uh, the trucker sketch? Oh my god! No, <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> because that was so in order. My favorite things about the show were number one was the Detroit Rock City performance because I just like that song. Um, number number two was probably the trucker sketch, and it mostly was because of a note I made. Liberace Milkman, which is how I want to describe Paul Lynn's out trucker outfit. Oh my god! Like, was just like white pleather that was bedazzled all over, and then he had a chest hair wig, a red fluffy <laughs> chest hair wig on, and like a white bedazzled milkman hat, and he was supposed to be like super macho, but it yes, was... that's the thing that's crazy. He's I know, macho. but it was like Gary Glitter. It was so crazy. It, that, yeah, that was the <laughs> point. The trucker. Tim Conway. Tim Conway, all oh, right. Yeah. Right, right. yeah. The, that was the point, the trucker outfit, um, and not just the red chest hair wig, but the red hair wig as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so good. Where that I, skit ruled so hard. The fact that they called her Kinky Pinky, and she had that little outfit on and the little apron that says Kinky Pinky, which, by the way, is, I want that apron for, for daily use. But that was literally, the, when, when I saw that costume, I was like, how on earth did people not get how gay he is? <laughs> I don't know it's how so outrageous. Happened. I loved it. And I loved, I just liked the trucker theme. It seemed really like on point for the mid seventies. I liked mm-hmm. like the playing with like the macho stuff with them, like breaking the tables and stuff. And then I didn't want to like the little guy that came in at the oh, end. Billy Barty. And, then, and then they were like, you must be the short order cook, which is like the worst joke. And then he pushed <laughs> the truck back through the wall with his strength. And then it becomes a contest. Kinky Pinky is going to marry somebody. And it's either the strongest guy, the richest guy, or the smartest guy. And she chooses the richest guy who is Paul Lynn's. <laughs> and she's like, girls got to be practical. I was just like, I, and it made me think, who would I choose? And I had to like be like, I guess I would marry Tim Conway, which is, but it's only because he's like the most, I don't, maybe because he's smart and kind of schlubby, which I go for. But I was just like, why are why these are the choices between these two people? <laughs> I know. Why not Other truckers like, come into no, that diner. <laughs> I know. There were so many like normal guys in like denim shirts with like cool 70s hair and she didn't want any of them. <laughs> she would rather have a loveless marriage with a rich guy in a bedazzled pleather outfit. <laughs> a self-hating trucker. <laughs> <laughs> and why would you want to marry a trucker anyway? It's just like I don't know. Oh, that, well, back in the seventies, like that was like the thing to be. Like that was a career that like people really wanted, and it was like it was that whole smoking the bandit kind of like glamorization of, of like radio the bad boy co- yeah, yeah but still like but he's like a free bird like why would you, you want to marry that guy if you don't like him and he just sends you checks and you can just do whatever you yeah, want then you i guess that's, <laughs> that's like <laughs> no you want to marry him so you can change him and make him not into a free bird oh and then dep- don't you understand so anything about women <laughs> my god so, so he's just now turning into the depressed guy drinking a million molsons <laughs> every night <laughs> Well, and hating you for ruining his life. <laughs> uh, fact to insert here: a million Molsons still won't get you drunk. <laughs> um, fact: a million Molsons is my new band name. <laughs> uh, I think uh, when talking about Paul Lynn's biography, Michael, you skipped over probably the most important uh, 
fact of all, which was that in 1977, his beloved dog, Harry McAfee, died. Um. And uh, he couldn't, he had to buy a new house because he couldn't deal. <laughs> Wait, is this a is this a for real fact? It's on Wikipedia, Wikipedia so as for oh real my as, God. as it there's gets. a great Wikipedia story about him that I don't know that it's true because I've heard it about other people, but I like the story, so I'll retell it anyways. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's uh, what is it? There, Anne Margaret was in the movie he was in, and during the rap party, all these guys went up and praised her greatly and then it was his turn to speak and he went up and he said well i'm guessing i'm the only one here that doesn't want to fuck Anne margaret <laughs> i just i mean that's funny but it's also awesome that he was just so blunt <laughs> i wasn't i wish it were more scathing i thought you were gonna say something that he just like ripped her to shreds into her that. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, he, his, it's all with him. It's all in that delivery, which is really like tired in this special. But yeah. if you watch, like, if you ever watch, like, is I mean, we, we he would he did Bewitched before he did this, obviously, because he was much right. younger in Bewitched. Mm-hmm. And Bewitched, and he's great in that. Yeah, great. I love him in Bewitched, but everything about Bewitched is amazing. So when I was a kid watching <laughs> Bewitched, Paul Lind was my idea of what gay people were like. So this is why I understand that people didn't know he was gay. I was just like, oh, that's what gay people are like. <laughs> Witchy. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Michael, you disappoint. I um, think I think Endora was my idea of what gay people were like. Right. <laughs> Frankly, I wanted to be Endora, too. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to marry Dick York. So Not cute. Dick Sargent. No. Well, and out of them, it was Paul Lind... Endora and one of the two dicks that was gay, right? Yeah. Like, Wait, did you say Endora was is Endora? Endora for... uh, yeah. What's her name? Um, Agnes Moorhead. Agnes Moorhead. She was a lesbian. Oh, oh really? I was just yeah. saying that because I was like, can imagine someone being like, like a drag queen that just like completely stole Endora's persona. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea she was a legit lesbian. So she was, those gowns. How could you not be? <laughs> <laughs> it's like she bought them at Whole Foods. <laughs> yeah, she she was a little uh, she was a little glamorous for a lesbian, but maybe it, it was a different. Those time. gowns, it looks like she bought them at Whole Foods. That's amazing. <laughs> well, this this dumb show uh, <laughs> it is available on YouTube for people to watch. Yeah. Which, um, I guess I would kind of recommend because why should we all have to suffer? Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. It's a fun Halloween primer and a look at the past and enjoyment of an actor who is not at his prime or no one's at their prime. But like, I love seeing Florence Henderson in this torturous show or <laughs> Betty White is so great. Like, I think well, the Betty White the whole thing. Yeah, she's she always great. Everything. So there's nothing she can do that's bad. It's just sad that she had to be in this. Well, she's still. Yeah, she comes out smelling like roses from this thing. But she was also only in it for like a minute she yeah. knew she knew that they asked her to be in it and she was like i'll be in it for 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> and i got, will blow i will upstage everyone in that 30 seconds she, she got the best put down in that like when she came on screen so she's playing a, a witch or something and when she leaves paul lynn says you know she, i um she, she looked i thought that she looked a lot like betty white but then most witches look like Betty White, <laughs> something oh like that. Like, right, put her down oh for so quickly. But like, it was, it was, she was, she was the best. She was the best, like, most quality actor I think that was in the whole thing. 
Can I, speaking of jokes, so I tried to like write down a few of the jokes that I thought were especially funny, but then there was one in the trucker skit where Paul Lynn was talking about how rich he got from selling his biography and they wanted to call it Deep Truck. Yes. And, that got up, and I was like, what does that mean? That's I, Deep all, Throat reference, yeah, but right? All I could, is it, was, it, was it a Deep Throat reference? That was all that I could get. the only thing I could think of, but I'm just like, how does that make sense? Like, does Paul Lynn's trucker character have a clitoris in the back of his throat like i don't understand <laughs> what deep truck means it was the 70s uh porno movies could make like the top 20 of the year back then oh my god but maybe it was that deep throat was like people knew about deep throat but yeah maybe i'm just not supposed to read into it too much yeah maybe i think it was you're, you're reading way too much into it <laughs> <laughs> he says deep truck people think of deep throat Ha ha ha. Like, the end. Ha, ha, sex. The end. Okay. <laughs> don't don't nitpick Bruce Valanche's writing. <laughs> I know. So Bruce Valanche, I'm glad you brought that up because I was like, oh no. Him oh, no. too. <laughs> <laughs> it somehow did not surprise me. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> he is probably the most famous joke writer, which is a shame because he's not a very good joke writer. No, it's kind of baffling that he's had the career that he's had. I know. I don't get it. Like I, I've seen. Have you ever seen Get Bruce, which is that documentary? <laughs> about I haven't. No. <laughs> His. So somebody did a documentary about like how funny he is and how Hollywood turns to Bruce Valanche and all this, and it's just like did sort Bruce of. Did Bruce Valanche do this movie? <laughs> <laughs> but even in the movie, you're like, this isn't funny. Why would anybody turn to Bruce Valanche? Because he. I mean, he wrote the Oscars for years, right? And it, they were never funny. Like nobody ever laughed at the Oscars. And but yet he's got this reputation as being this hilarious like joke writer, and I I don't understand it either. Here's something I didn't know: he was a co-writer on the Star Wars holiday special that I've never seen, and I don't think I ever want to see. Uh, that that's the closest thing to this Paul Lynn Hall- Halloween special that I can think of is the the Star Wars. Christmas Have you watched special. it? Uh, as much as I could stand, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I watched it when I was a kid, like when it was originally on, and I remember thinking it was terrible back then. But I've never, se- I haven't seen it since. It's on YouTube too. So. Is it? I, yeah. th- I thought George Lucas uh, set fire to every everyone who tried to put it up on the internet. I guess not. Nope. <laughs> I think you can find it. Um, it's got B. Arthur. Mm-hmm. See, I think you should watch that, and then we'll have a Christmas special where we we. Do yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do the. Uh... The eight movies of Christmas leading up to Christmas. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, the only Christmas movie I'm aware of is that Tim Allen one. So if you guys can think of more. <laughs> That's the only Christmas movie you've ever heard of? <laughs> <laughs> Do you just turn your TV off and not watch it during the entire month of December slash November slash October slash January? Well, I, I don't know. I guess people consider It's a Wonderful Life a Christmas movie but I don't know why. Uh, to me, it's about well, a dude who kills himself on a bridge. Well, perhaps if you had seen something like a Dolly Parton Christmas Carol or <laughs> um, a Smoky Mountain Christmas, which is actually a real television movie, you'd be filled with the spirit of the season. I can't watch either of those because, as you know, we're working on our Dolly Parton Christmas special episode, and I don't want to be influenced. <laughs> but... We're also working on our Silent Night, Deadly Night episode coming up here. (laughs) Spoiler alert. So, uh, Have you guys seen that? Yeah, I own it on VHS already. So when you recommended we watch it, uh, the only... I don't want to give too much away and I don't want to ruin our talk about it in a few weeks. But uh, it 
has so much that's going on that's right about it. But one major thing that is so stressful is that it's just like the violence is so rapey and misogynistic oh. there's so much like shirt tearing like he's like conflicted about sex because oh anyway i don't want to like i again i don't want to spoil our upcoming episode but needless to say it's a holiday movie the whole family can't enjoy <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, yeah i know pat and i have a big problem with that like we're all for sex and we're all for violence but don't make yeah them. Let's like keep, keep them our, separate. Keep it, yeah. We want the TV tray with the dividers <laughs> up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, kiss the TV like the TV dinner tray. <laughs> <laughs> yes. With just like dessert yeah. goes here. Your plate of sex on this side. <laughs> yeah. Your bowl of violence on this side. <laughs> and don't let it go over the top and have yeah. sex or violence. Mm-hmm. It's not like peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Kiss was very weird, uh, Matt. Yeah. For what a segue. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine Kiss being on TV and not being weird. Though. I know. I I wanted like I spent extra time focusing on Kiss. A because it made up fully one third of the show. Yes. Which was so <laughs> weird to me that they. I mean, two songs seemed adequate, and I'm not sure why they needed to do a third. And maybe it was just to get the bad taste of Beth out of our mouths. <laughs> But uh, did, did, wait, did, am I remembering right? Did they sing a song and they went back to Paul Lynn and then he's like, let's have Kiss sing another song right after? Yes, he's like, okay. that was his final holiday wish was to hear one more Kiss song, which I was like, oh, I Paul, am not you could buying. use those wishes much better. Oh my God. Yeah, well, be, like you said, it was probably because of Beth, which was also hilarious because you see Peter Chris sitting there at the piano and you can tell 100% he's not playing that piano. Yeah, and well, and also like the lip syncing in Detroit Rock City was off. Like the very first line was off and it just like blew the whole illusion. Yeah, of live performance. <laughs> live performance, yeah. Although there was some great camera work on that uh, where it was spinning upside down and shit. I was like, what? why? You're, I'm already a little sick. Yeah. The show and now, <laughs> not to split hairs, but at the beginning, Paul's dancing around with all these devils or whatever, and he's singing like a reworded version of um, kids. kids from yeah. you know Bye Bye Birdie, um, mm-hmm. and he says in the song, he said like, "There's too much Alice Cooper and not enough Alice Faye," which is like the most old gay man reference in the world. But <laughs> Alice Cooper I'm is having trouble with that one. He, he played three Kiss songs, and he wanted to, and Alice Cooper was too much for him. Was too yeah. much, yeah, I know. But I think it's, I mean, for someone who enjoys that type of music, it's clear to me that Alice Cooper, what at the time, was an actual badass, and Kiss was like the candy-coated version of Alice right. Cooper. But, but uh, I mean, later on, they all turned out like Alice Cooper is apparently like a fantastic golfer. <laughs> and like a really genuinely nice guy so they all turned out to be yeah know. just like Gene Simmons great guy yeah. Ugh. great Wait, guy Gene's, he I, grosses I, me out so much I, I just uh, don't even know if you guys realize but Rock is dead because Gene Simmons said oh, so oh yeah so that was trending on Facebook the other day no. because uh, people download music illegally too often so there's not going to be any more rock music mm. so I guess jazz will come back <laughs> I'll start practicing my jazz hands now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you really need to practice. 
So, Michael, have you ever watched the Paul Lynn show, which apparently was a sitcom that aired well before, or I guess only a couple years before this? No, I've never seen that. I've only ever seen him in the like the old Doris Day movies in Bye Bye Birdie, and in uh, like Bewitched, in general. Like I don't think he had like a whole lot of like regular television work. So I didn't. I never have seen that show. Although I've heard that it wasn't very good. It sounds like it was. I don't think he was playing quite of a campy character. He was more. I think he was married and had a family. Mm. So. Yeah, I think he's just playing odd. Kind of- Harry McAfee without the com- the obvious comedy, perhaps, which doesn't play for him because then he just looks like he's joking all the time. Like it was less biting, from what I've read. Like he thought he was doing great work on that show, but like oh, no watched it. He mentions it in his book. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually it's a book by somebody else, but it's got a lot of his quotations. Oh, oh, I thought it was autobiography. Okay, so it's not so it's not so weird that it's named Center Square. <laughs> right. <laughs> But the Paul Lynn show has Jerry Stiller, so it might just be interesting to see that. Oh, yeah. A young, so it's 72 or 73, so. It sounds like that's another series of podcasts. We could do, like, an episode per episode. How? Well, there's. Oh, my God. Like a whole year. A whole year. There's 26 episodes. That'll be six months. That's not bad. (laughs) I don't know how you could, unless you go to LA to that Pally Center, I don't know how you can watch it because I I can't imagine it's on YouTube. Maybe I'm wrong. I bet we could find it. <laughs> well, it, sound, it sounds like a whole separate podcast yeah. to me. You know, <laughs> one that will never happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, guys. You might be. I don't know. I, I could get into it, but oh, I'm wow, sure. So... I'm sure the nerds on Pirate Bay are like clamoring to upload that one so that we can all. <laughs> I don't know that I want to do all 26 episodes, but I see right now that you can watch at least one episode on YouTube. So. Okay. Well, it's worth checking out, I'm sure. Well, you know, uh, the comedian Kamel Nanjiani has a podcast um, where the, he he yes. talks about uh, one X Files episode every episode. So we could steal his thunder a bit with Paul. That's Wayne. true. That's true. <laughs> That's uh, it. Seems like the world is clamoring for that. <laughs> <laughs> More Paul Lind. <laughs> well, I guess we should try to move into yeah. the next uh, subject. But yeah. I we. I don't know if we really conveyed how horrible uh, uh, Florence Henderson's singing was. Mm. <laughs> so will you put a clip of just how she finishes the song? I feel like the end of the song when so she tries to go key. up, that was like yes. the worst. Please just like insert that right now. Right <laughs> now. Same 
Inserted. <laughs> All right. Oh shit! I watched this Poland show. This one that's on YouTube. I watched it like six months ago. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly I'm sorry. memorable. I, I'm experience. sorry. I was. I was uh, not listening to the Florence Henderson conversation because I was watching through the YouTube part. Yes, Florence Henderson was awesome. Not in any way. Uh, all right. <laughs> Wait, Laura, did you ever say what the best part was? Was it the trucker thing? It was Kiss, Detroit Rock City. Oh, Kiss, okay. Yeah, but the second best part was the trucker thing. And then the third best part was the opener, like, when they went through and he thought it was all kinds of different holidays and he, like, came out as a bunny. So was <laughs> Margaret Hamilton his maid that turned into the witch? Yeah, or? yeah. yeah. Okay. She was his maid at first. Then he went to visit her sister with her. Uh, it was witchy-poo. Right. Yeah. Well, another thing about Margaret Hamilton, one of the movies that I wanted to do for this Halloween series is thir the original 13 Ghosts. And watching her in this Paul Lynn special reminded me that she is the housekeeper in the original 13 Ghosts. And she's very witchy. And I think, I think again, often in her career, she just her mere presence evoked witchiness because everyone associated her so strongly with The Wizard of Oz. So, yeah, that's all I got. I was reading about her. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, I was just saying, this is one Paul Lynn typecast always as this character. She's always typecast as that character. That's the 70s for you. Yes. Okay, and now typecasting. I think we can go... The, the campy character, like, making different appearances in different shows is a great segue to go to Elvira. Okay. Um, well, let, let's take break. a quick break first. Okay. Good job, we'll... Laura. Jump... Oh, wait, but I wanted to talk about American Hamilton, how she was... She... It embraced being a witch, but she also liked taking care of little kids. Like, not taking care of them, but being friendly with them. You so mean was... killing them? <laughs> no! <laughs> you lure them into, the, into your pot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> person. So the kids would get in my pot. <laughs> terrified of her. But then when she did the laugh, they would they would laugh as well, and then they would like her. So I, I, I oh. it sounds like she was a really sweet lady. Yeah. Oh, I like her. R.I.P. Oh, she's still alive. R.I.P. everybody on this show. Yeah, well, Florence Henderson. Margaret alive. Hamilton isn't alive. No, she's she is. Really? Pat's Pat's being totally full of shit right now. Florence Henderson still has her own show, and Betty White is still alive. Donnie and Marie are still alive, although Marie looks like she's had some rough times. Tim Con is time Tim Conway still alive? Yeah, he's yep. still making dwarf videos, dude. Oh. Oh God, dwarf. Why? <laughs> <laughs> because the Carol Burnett money dried up. <laughs> was Dorf ever funny? I, I mean, <laughs> I remember seeing really dumb people doing the Dorf character, and I didn't think it was funny when they did it either. So maybe when the first time Tim Conway did it, it was funny. It was like the top-selling video for a long time, a couple of years ago, right? Like it was the most, the biggest, because it's a stupid golf Base gift, yeah, which is that's, a big seller. Yeah, that's grandmothers. What it makes oh wait, Laura, why do you think grandmothers would watch this show that's filled with kiss? Oh, I meant like grand, like your grandpa, your granddad. That's like in his recliner drinking his, you know, Schaefer's. I'm gonna so do a different cheap paying, beer every time. Barely um, paying attention when kiss is there. Yeah, he just like leaves the room to go smoke a cigarette on the back porch when Kiss comes on. But like he's or, sitting there, he would think Paul Lind was funny and the other stuff, and then he'd be like, the "Hey, okay. hey, mom, go get my smoking lighter." Yeah. Or he's sitting there just so he, to watch Kiss so he can say uh, how fucked up these young kids are nowadays. Yeah, well, they were like, yeah, I don't know, they were exploding speakers. There was all kinds of destruction so, of property. It was very scary. Was Kiss like? 
uh, people talked about them. They're devil worshippers. They're bad for kids. Or was the, was it? Yeah. Always, the, what yeah. was their? What was the acronym? It it's was in like Satan's service. It's, yeah. or, <laughs> not, or knights in Satan's service. service. Wait, what did you say? I always heard knights in Satan's service. What was the first? There one? was also Ki- kids. Kids, kids okay. in Satan's service. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember people said that the com- the Marvel comic book that they had was written in blood. Well, they put yes. some of their own blood into the ink. Oh, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and then the SS logo was in their logo, which is satanic. Right. And the Nazi SS logo. And then, clearly, their drummer was a Satan kitten, so... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, let's let's not do them a disservice, because KISS was really about rock and roll and never about marketing at all. <laughs> they in no way were a boy band. <laughs> And I think I think you also have to remember, like with this show and Kiss and everybody that's in it, that this probably aired at like 8 p.m. or something on a weeknight. Yeah, probably this a Wednesday. Is, this whole yeah. sh- all this shit is aimed at kids. Like yeah, every, for like, sure. For people I who look, like Uncle Arthur or whatever. I looked it up, and it's it's the best I could find was one of its comp- competition that night was in, uh, another variety show, but this one's starring Bob Hope. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I think it aired the the 29th maybe or the 27th. So it was. It was Really, just a little bit before Halloween. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get off of it, and uh, we'll take a quick break, <laughs> and uh, we'll return with uh, something equally terrible, but in a different way. No way, much no better. Way. So, <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade, he could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing. Go, girlfriend. Oh, that was my favorite line. Uh, wait, did she actually say you go, girlfriend, in it? Yeah, you go, girl, oh. at the beginning. When yeah. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> Elvira, really Mistress like of the too. Dark. Yeah. Available on Netflix. And Hulu. Maybe just Hulu Plus, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, at the beginning, Ooh. Elvira, well, Elvira is playing herself. It's actually her biography. Is the podcast haunted? <laughs> I thought I heard a ghost or something. It's the ghost of Paul Lind. <laughs> <laughs> Keep talking about me. <laughs> I don't think you'd be so welcome. kind. <laughs> um, but yes, just in, in a little for a little description here. Um, Elvira is playing herself. It's her biography. It's the story of her um, working as a working as a horror host on a small town TV station. And uh, at the beginning of the episode, she's clearly going nowhere. And the um, the owner of the station, or her manager, wants her to meet the new owner of the station, who is played by a rich Texan, possibly <laughs> the rich Texan from The Simpsons, and um, who says things to her like, 
it's milking time and <laughs> <laughs> grabs her breasts, which are prominent, as you may know. And, uh, and then she stomps on his foot and pushes him into the news set. And then uh, he goes, I thought you said she was a nympho. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, randomly, the newswoman comes up to her, the news anchor comes up to her, this may have happened before, actually, and goes, do you feel any shame ever? And then she says, like, if I were you, I'd be ashamed by that outfit. And then another woman, a, a black woman who has no other speaking lines in the entire movie goes, you go, girl. <laughs> and that's it. That was the first are. time that was ever uttered on film. <laughs> it's a historic moment. I don't know. When did Maury start? Or Jerry Springer? I guess it was probably the first time. Yeah. It may have been. I mean, it's a classic. This film is a classic in a way that not everybody gets. I, th- I, I don't think, get it. I, I know. I could tell that you did not get it at the beginning, <laughs> but I was re-watching it today for probably the fourth or fifth time of my life and was just every time I'm like, this is this movie is awesome. I I love this movie so much. I will John, say that love it this did, movie. It did have... It doesn't love it. What? No, I didn't love it. Uh okay. I will say that it did have much more plot than I had expected it to There's have. There's so much. I think the writing is so good. Maybe it's just because I watched it after the Poland <laughs> that special. So comparatively, oh, yeah. you've got to love well, the writing. Well, true. Yeah. Have you, so Elvira started as, as a thing on the LA TV station where she introduced. Yeah. Did she talk over the movies? Like, did she talk while the movies I think were airing? She like occasionally she interjected, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that because there was something like a knockoff of that in Philadelphia when I was a kid where there was a, a big-breasted woman named Stella who introduced horror movies called Saturday so, Night. It was called Saturday Night Dead, and it played after Saturday Night Live. And it was I, the same thing, but she just inter- introduced them. I don't remember her talking over the actual movies. Did she Stanley do Kowalski in stuff, there? too? Oh, sorry. I didn't, Stanley I didn't hear, Kowalski. I didn't hear what either of you said. Stella. <laughs> 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 I'm. I love. I just want to say as an aside that I love the whole um, horror host phenomenon. And there's actually a documentary out there, and I'm forgetting the name of it, that I recently watched on like different horror hosts around the country and how it's it, it still exists and we have it here. I think on coffee on our local San Francisco station KOFY. I think they have a, a Saturday night horror. It did. It just hosted. got canceled, but oh, they did. No. They did have one. Yeah, well, I, well, wait, I love there's, those types of shows. There were two, uh, to keep it strictly regional. So there's uh, Coffee Channel 20 um, had the one with, uh, I don't know, some douchebag radio yeah, host and the yeah. guy who dresses up as a demon. And then yeah. there was one on 20-2, uh, which was more in the Elvira vein that mm-hmm. I might still was be like going. Sven Gulli or something? Yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah, that's but Sven Gulli is a different, is a, is a Chicago regional one. Yeah. Because yeah. I was talking to my friend Ben about that and that got me on a horror host kick for a while where I was like researching all the regional ones. I guess San Francisco had a really famous one in the, in the seventies and he, his deal was that he was really like smart and like knew lots of facts about the movies. I just like that every city had their, yeah, you know, chiller yeah. host, and then that person um, had like a different specialty or whatever. Like some of them were smarter, some were funny, some were sexy, some were like just bizarre. Yeah, I, I mean, I used to love it as a kid just because um, 
there was so little on TV, and I had insomnia like from the age of zero. So I would stay up really late, and and like on Saturday nights, it was really cool because there's nothing on late night, um, and they would have the horror movies. I I loved it. Although I've watched some Sven Gulli stuff, and I mean it's really sub Elvira level jokes. Yeah. I mean it's it's like it's jokes st- from the 1890s. It's really. <laughs> I think that's kind of the point. They're, they're supposed so to be from funny. the 1890s. Because yeah. they are. The character is from old times. So no, I get that it's the bad. point. But... So in his actual living years, he was hilarious when he was alive yes. in the 1890s, is what you're saying. So there's there's a book called that looks really interesting now that we're talking about it. Cause it's called Television Horror Movie Host. 68 Vampires, Mad Scientists, and Other Denizens of the Late Night Airwives Examined and Interviewed. And I kind of want to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, What? who wrote that book? Uh, Elena Watson. Okay. Yeah, get it. Anyway. But That's yeah, my recommendation. So she did, it's because <laughs> they were going to, she actually is a little bit of a vampire ripoff, mm-hmm. but I mean, looks wise, but she has her whole character going and everything. But yeah, I guess they were going to reboot the vampire show in the late seventies oh, and that I, she ended up, um, she ended up being the host of it. I know vampire from, uh, plan nine, but I didn't yes. realize she was actually, a. A horror movie TV mm-hmm. host. Oh, I had no idea. Yep. Yep. She was one of the OG horror movie I guess hosts. So. so they had them way back in the fifties. E late fifties, sixties, probably. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Well, I will say that there was one. I had one genuine laugh in this movie, uh, which is more oh, than I can say one? of all in. Just one. <laughs> uh, the dog turning into a rat, I thought, was pretty funny. Oh, that rat was so cute. Also, <laughs> I loved that. Um, Michael, did you like this movie? No, I did. Um, you know, I my experience with this character of Elvira prior to watching this movie recently was like I never understood why she was in a movie like like i knew that she was a horror host somewhere but i had never seen it and And she was in like budweiser commercials that's what i knew her from i remember like seeing the big elvira standy like liquor stores or whatever at halloween (laughs) and in the recent years like i've been listening i listen to a lot of podcasts and like like peaches christ for example has talked about like how elvira is a not only a friend but like a big influence and how a lot of drag queens have talked about how they used to steal that standy or buy it or whatever (laughs) and like like she was a big influence because of this movie and she's kind of a folk queen she's she's kind of like a draggy draggy persona she's got an amazing wig nothing scratches her like no no matter what anybody says she is not bothered you know she just keeps going she's she's actually a really strong character in that she never breaks Mm -hmm. um and like cries about anything and she's always laughing at herself which i think is really important yeah and like i agree that like this movie plays like corny joke after corny joke unless you have this affinity for like her and for like liking i think and that's what it is that's that i think is the key and i was i was actually like starting to think of it from a feminist perspective by the end of the movie (laughs) i wanted to talk about that too yeah Yeah. but go ahead but I was just going to say, like, I mean, if you look at the movie, like, you would think she would be because she's such a, like, bubblehead kind of character that she would be one dimensional. But she's actually, like, a super deep and well-presented character. And everyone else in the movie is, is like, a, a character shallow actor. Caricature, is a shallow yeah. Like, right. all, the, all, the, all the women, all the men, like, everyone else in the movie is basically, like, 
not a dimensional character. Perhaps like the villain, like her uncle Vinny or whoever, whatever his name is. Like maybe he has two dimensions instead of one. But and the old man kind of grows through the movie, but that's not saying much. The, where he goes from listening owner? to his wife. Yeah. Oh, to yeah. saying "shut up, you old yeah. bat," and then yeah. everyone cheers. <laughs> that I laughed out loud at that. I don't understand how you guys did it because it's so <laughs> it's so wrong, but so amazing that by, that everyone like like other women in this movie get a really bad rap. I feel like Chastity Pariah. I know. Oh my god. I know. That, a great name. Yes, she was named to become what she became. Oh my gosh, I know. Oh, the great Edie McClurg, the only other real actor in this movie. <laughs> and apparently Elvira worked with her in Groundlings. Yeah. Oh, no shit. I didn't know she was a Groundling, but I knew that um, that uh, uh, Paul Rubens was. Hmm. With Edie McClurg? Yeah, yeah, I think they all work together. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, she, and she was in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, but I don't know what... what yeah, was. she was a biker, like a... Uh, just like a, I don't think she had any lines or anything. Oh, well, yeah, I was gonna agree, Laura, because uh, you know I was gonna say when I started watching, I thought there'd be a lot of boob jokes, but thankfully they kept those out. Well, <laughs> shut up. But uh, no, I mean <laughs> no, but she makes all the boob. I mean, she doesn't make them all, but like no, but all that's the, the guys are just like stupid. Like the guys that make the boob jokes are all just like like Tweedledee and Tweedledum and like tripping over each other and like running into walls right, and but stuff that, like that. Like they all look like to anyone else who makes a boob joke that's like derogatory, they all just like they, look like total dumbasses. No. And then and then she makes boob jokes about herself and they're empowering. And right. the, the only thing about it that is kind of I don't know, like the the one boob related thing that gets a little more in depth is like the her rival for that like hot lumberjack's attention um uh, like it turns out her boobs are padded and then that right. makes her somehow less of a woman right, so right. Th that kind of i'm just like okay that that's like a little more complex like right. tearing, yeah. tearing the other woman down but clearly she deserved it yeah <laughs> i was gonna say that wasn't her only sin <laughs> well she did tar and feather her so yeah, yeah that is pretty bad <laughs> But I, yeah, she no. was an amazing villain, too. She was really good. This movie had multiple villains. I agreed yeah. by the end of it. I was like, oh, this is actually like a feminist statement from back then. Because it, she, you know, at first people like judge her for being like slutty or whatever. But she's just like, fuck you. This is who I am. And yeah. she ends up being cool for it. Yeah. Everybody and, yeah. just like thinks she's cool at the end, and it and it's yeah. because she is cool. Yeah, I, I could see that. <laughs> was it, it is very empowering in that way, and in a way, a lot of films from that era are definitely not. Yeah. So has everyone seen the sequel? Is there a sequel? Yeah. Oh <laughs> no. no. It took them a I'm very afraid, long time. I'm afraid the fact that I haven't heard of that is a bad sign. <laughs> it took them a very long time to to get it made, and they finally financed it themselves, uh, she and whoever her husband was, and they filmed it in Romania. That was her manager. Oh, it's filmed in Romania. Is it like a, is it oh. um, Dracula related? I, I haven't seen it. I just read up about it on Wikipedia. I think it's so called... So you don't know what the plot is? No, I'm sorry. She has another dead aunt who is actually a vampire, <laughs> and she <laughs> discovers she's also half vampire. <laughs> saves the town. <laughs> oh my god, there is a sequel. I'm just looking it up too. Oh, and it has Richard O'Brien in it. If that's the oh, same from yep, um, Rocky Horror. Yeah, Rock, from Rocky Horror. 
Oh, Elvira's Haunted Hills. <laughs> oh my god. I didn't god. get the joke until you just said it. <laughs> See, I think that's it. Like, I don't think I got that she was funny until I started listening to the way other people who enjoy her got that it was funny. And it's one of those things that, like, you probably will never get it, like, unless you're sort of in that right frame of mind. You know, like, you just gotta have to, like, put aside all the stupidity and all the corny sounding stuff and then enjoy it for what it actually is is that you know, she is it's a woman in the 80s with big boobs who's like in control like all the jokes yeah. are from her perspective and not i want to be exactly i want to be exactly like her pretty much <laughs> she's smart too she's like got she a is. dumb valley girl voice but she is so smart and quick and witty mm-hmm. although she does not know how to spell matinee <laughs> but that was that was just a setup for a dumb it. fuck yeah. joke, really. <laughs> and she's uh, a sixty-two, and she still looks. She like, looks amazing. Yes, she does. Amazing. Oh my god. Her she personal yeah. life in Wikipedia. Her personal life section is very brief, but it it is worth repeating that she briefly dated Elvis Presley when she was seventeen. Mm-hmm. She claimed that she lost her virginity to Tom Jones and needed stitches due to his penis size. <laughs> I know, why is that in the I have no idea it's why so they decided of this long interview they had that they decided that piece to put in Wikipedia. <laughs> that can't be true. Oh, well, it, was, it comes from starpost.com. I, I, I can see right now Tom Jones, like, editing the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Frantically. Like, Just like every so actress in Hollywood. <laughs> That same page, though, that same page says that she, as in her teens, she worked as a go-go dancer at a local gay bar. Yeah, and which I'm like, what? at gay bars, the girls aren't the go-go dancers. You know, like I don't think that, I don't know yeah. if that has appropriate like connect. Um, yeah, I was material. I was slightly confused about that as well, but you know, I I did like that she came from sexy beginnings and mm-hmm. again like was strong enough to rise to this position where she's like, has an amazing character. And if you read the whole thing, her life story, I don't, it seems like beyond true. It's like, then she moved to Italy and was, and was like, <laughs> met Fellini and was in, had this bit role that, as a go-go yeah. dancer in a, in a <laughs> Fellini film. And then she was a go-go dancer in four more movies. And then she, I don't know. It just seems like she has done so much and traveled to so many places. And I'm just, I'm in awe. Well, I have respect for her and the feminist themes of the movie. I couldn't get over the corniness of the jokes. That that's oh, that's the downfall that. for me. And I didn't uh, mind the corniness. I just thought the story was so goofy. It is goofy <laughs> the though. Story and in the I... background, but I did like some of the stuff they did. It did make. I think the best parts were with the dog. They were always really cute and funny. I love Algonquin. He's cute. <laughs> he's a cutie. I shaves, he's when he shaves him in, yeah, and turns him into gonk. Yeah. <laughs> gonk. Which is what? Why Why is that a good short name for Algonquin? Um, I, I so, forgot how much of a... Elvira was just all over the place at the time. It just, it's funny to think of she it. Was. Watching it, it reminded me of it. Like, she was on all kinds of commercials, and like you said, she was that that stand-up or that whatever that thing. Yeah, Coors Light standing thing. Yeah, oh, it was and Coors Light. Yeah, that's where I started. You know, from this movie, like that's the kind of point of view that I was going in with. Like, who is this character? And if you just watch the movie flat out, it's like they never explain why she never changes that dress. They never explain why she has that hair. 
they never like take it to that point of like, do you take that off? Is that like this? Do you look that way every single day? Doesn't, doesn't someone ask her? Do, do, yeah, about not changing the dress. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're right. There is a, a she, line about that. She says, yeah, sometimes I, I put on something really low cut when I want to. Yeah. Impress people. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great answer. That is such a good answer. There's uh, the makeup is the same and every like uh-huh. I going into it like I was thinking like is she a, like when I was a kid especially like is she a witch or a vampire or <laughs> is she a is she a thing or well, is she just a person? Well now you know the person? answer. Now you know that she's part witch and that's why she's different. <laughs> she's like I always wondered. I always thought I was different and now I know. <laughs> so so every, apparently there was a reality show cool. called In Search for the Next Elvira. Did you guys watch it? What? I did not watch that, but nope. I did see that online when doing my research for this. So there's there's two people that that Cassandra Peterson who who yes, created the who character is Elvira. chose to to be her I, I don't know what she calls them uh, two female impersonators that she chose as, as her official impersonators and then they created the show the search for the next one and the three of them were judges to pick who was going to be next and that's it wait and so I, they they all had to it was the next. Elvira, like literally the next Elvira, like the next Elvira impersonator, or was it like the next horror host? I, I don't know what the point of the thing was, but on okay. Wikipedia it said whoever won only kept the title for a year, so maybe they planned on making it like Miss America, and every year they pick a new Elvira. How bizarre would it be if it was like nine Elviras competing to be the next Elvira? <laughs> <laughs> it's like how that tr- Simpsons where there's all those crusties. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway. Oh, it, oh, I, I kind of want to watch this show. <laughs> I'll watch it right after I watch the Paul Lynn show. Oh, there's only four episodes of this. Oh, it only it only had four episodes. But they chose a winner, so it must have been planned for only four episodes. Oh. Or they like canceled it right away, and then they had. To oh, be the like, original You're the channel. <laughs> ch- the channel it ran on, I've never heard of. There's a channel called Fox Reality, so I guess it's just 24 oh. hour shows oh yeah that, i don't think that exists anymore but yeah I, I, rem- I used to watch like marathons of things and caught up on fox reality they, they oh, ran all the horrible old shows that nobody ever watched it was replaced by nat geo wild so Elvira <laughs> yeah. would also fit into that channel yeah. i call fox reality just the fox news channel <laughs> i call it the fox unreality <laughs> am i right <laughs> yeah I, I did like about this uh, about this. <laughs> one thing I did like was that Simon. we're just going to jump all around anyway because yeah. the plot doesn't really matter so much. It um, does matter though. <laughs> all right, I'm giving <laughs> I'm giving a plot overview before we do this. All right. So she she need, she's at her small town. You know, she's a horror host at the small town station, and then she quits because they try to whore her out to the new owner but then she's like well it's cool because i'm have i'm gonna have a show in vegas anyway but then the vegas people told her agent <laughs> that they needed her to front fifty thousand dollars which sounds like a scam to me yeah. but <laughs> it's like rap contest please <laughs> please submit one thousand dollars and show um, tits <laughs> yeah, exactly casting nice. couch action but anyway <laughs> Um, so then she's like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get $50,000? And then at that very moment, a telegram arrives that (laughs) says that her long lost aunt in Massachusetts has passed away and she needs to go there immediately to reclaim her, to claim her inheritance. And so she drives to Massachusetts in her like sweet convertible and finds that she has like inherited the house and not, and a cookbook 
and Wait. like no. <laughs> what was the what was her called car called the Macabre Mobile? Something like that. It had a funny name like that. All I remember you know was remember? the license plate was kick ass. <laughs> All I remember is that um, when it, the car broke down or it needed gas or something, and then she dropped it off with the guy at the gas station, and he started he he just started rambling on like old man style, and was just like, "The last time I seen a car like this was old Macy, and she had gingivitis, <laughs> and then her whole face swole up." And then Elvira's like, "Okay, cool, whatever. See you later." And she walks away, and he's like, "Nice tits." <laughs> Which I laughed out loud at. I was well, how about his his leery wink at the end? I'm sure we can figure out a payment plan. Wink. And she like didn't even flinch at that. She was no. probably like she wasn't like, ew or whatever, old man. She was just like, anyway, next joke. But so, <laughs> so yes. So then she goes into the town in Massachusetts, which is called Falwell. I, I only assume named after Jerry Falwell. I assumed that too. Who and, probably um, love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the whole town is super like purity obsessed and like um therefore she comes in and like shakes everyone up but for some reason there are also like lots of witches that live there which seems <laughs> contradictory to me but uh so she gets the house and this cookbook and she's disappointed that she doesn't get a bunch of cash um but then in the meantime she goes to the local bowling alley to like have some fun <laughs> and then she meets this like big hunk of man who, for some reason, just, like, earnestly falls in love with her, even though they have nothing in common. <laughs> well, at all. First, first, she's saved by that hunk of a man from Jeff Conaway. Yes. Yeah. Oh, do you mean Kanicki? Yes, Kanicki. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was awesome. And then, yeah, she's saved from him. And then that establishes her rivalry with Patty, who is super, like, unpleasant. And she was in something, too, right? She was in like Mama's oh. Family or something. <laughs> oh shit! Speaking of characters, characters leaving a show and going elsewhere. But was she? Is that, is that what she's from? I don't like, know. I have no idea. Patty is from something, um, but she's super, just like, kind of like nasty and like not classically good looking and doesn't have a chin and like so she's an amazing foil to Elvira because she's just like super dis like you can't like her she's super dislikable but then it's awesome because Elvira puts on this like flash dance show for the teenagers which by the way <laughs> she is like the teenagers love Elvira they're like thank god something interesting is happening in this town and so she puts on this flash dance performance Wait, I, I missed something why was she putting that <laughs> performance on that's what I couldn't figure out when I was because she need movie. I don't know because she <laughs> She needed to like make some money and so she oh, started that was like for her. I thought I she was helping out the guy by doing that oh maybe yeah because he owned the movie theater but I think it was a mutually beneficial arrangement yes it was she she mentioned when she was trying to get the kids to come that uh, it would it might help save her and get her some money so yeah okay. so she did that and then at the it's always good of, for a, a full-grown woman to dance in front of <laughs> But <laughs> of a bunch of teens. This, by the way, is after the teens come and help her um, repaint her house. All anyway. psychedelic, yeah. Yeah, which didn't make sense to me because the house was already super spooky looking, which I felt like she would be into. And then they painted it like random jewel tones, which I thought was less Elvira appropriate. Yeah, it was like Candy Crush house. Yeah, it was so bananas. Um, so she's doing this flash dance performance, and then when the water is supposed to come down on her, Patty pours tar all over her and then feathers <laughs> her. Patty is amazing. She's such a good villain. And uh, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to the end here, but basically um, 
at the end, they're going to burn her as a witch. And then Patty also, um, she runs up when the when the sheriff is about to start lighting the fire underneath her and goes, no, what you're doing is wrong. And then Patty takes the torch and is like, if you light it in several places, it'll burn faster. <laughs> so she has an amazing role. I feel like she's genuinely enjoyable as a villain. But anyhow, continuing the story, it goes along... <laughs> It goes along where um, the the evil uncle is trying to get... The A story is that the evil uncle is trying to get the cookbook, which is actually like an old book of spells that will give her so much power. And then the B story is that she's like harassing the townspeople and meanwhile like having this relationship with the hunky lumberjack guy. But the best part of that is that she makes this casserole. Yes. And... <laughs> Yeah, this is the best scene in the movie. This is the best scene in the movie. She makes a casserole and brings it to the annual purity picnic, which is like, oh my god, why was that so well attended? <laughs> that was like everyone in the town was at the purity picnic. And it's a potluck, um, and she puts this casserole on the table, and she's accidentally made like the horniest casserole on earth, I guess, because all the purity people eat the casserole and then they really, like, have a bone fest. It's not even like they, like, start kissing. It's like Edie McClurg full-on, like, sits on this guy's face. Yes, I was shocked by how graphic that was. was Wait, they're not going to do that. They are going to do that. They are going there! Yeah, if you're in the market for a movie where elderly people uh, lick sauce off each other's ears, (laughs) this is the one. It's so brilliant. I thought you were going to talk about the casserole she originally made that attacked yeah. the boyfriend. That was I want I want to yeah. do that too because that when I very first watched this movie, that that like blew my mind and made me laugh so hard. And I'm going to digress for a second and talk about <laughs> the movie Black Dynamite, which does the same type of thing where like it's one movie up to a point and then suddenly like someone snaps their fingers and it just like shoots off into outer space and when she makes the first casserole and then accidentally like awakens a beast that comes out of the ca- and it's like this giant like puppet alien beast that comes out of the casserole right. my mind was blown because it was like a whole different it was like a actual horror movie at that point and that's when i that's what for me makes the movie as classic as it is is that like it becomes kind of a horror movie in in you know in the process of of her kind of like going through all these obstacles and everything so i kind of, i found it very like trying to again follow things literally when she made that casserole my thoughts were like well, it's late at night, and it's Why it's really late. It? Why is she making a casserole when she's got this hot guy waiting in the other room? They need they fucking... need fuel. Right. So you're gonna well, go that to guy that guy was not super interested in getting physical, so she figured maybe she had to cook for him first. I mean, it yeah. must have taken her hours to make a casserole. A casserole is like an hour and a half. I also right? like my my thing, and maybe I'm easily amused. I mean, that's been established, but but uh, when she's looking through the cookbook, which is actually the book of spells and she sees a word that looks like casserole and then she's like oh maybe this means casserole that sounds great and it just made me think like that's and i'm glad that we now know like what elvira likes to eat like what like apparently she loves casseroles like if i were looking through a cookbook and i saw the word casserole 
unless it was like mac and cheese, I don't think I'd immediately be like, oh, a delicious casserole. I can't wait to cook this. I think you'd break into Elvira's house late at night and she's sitting with a big plate of sliced potatoes and ground beef. I know. Well, she did mention that she uh, grew up in an orphanage, right? So Yeah, the pick and save. Right. So, So she probably ate at a lot of church picnics and got a taste for that casserole. That's what it was. It said that on the establishing shot. It said like pick and stick, pick and save. Like <laughs> there's so many jokes that you sort something. of have to hear twice, or you have to like, <laughs> you definitely have to watch this movie multiple times like, to get yeah. it all. so funny and dumb and like easy. Uh, yeah, and, like like it's really like I don't know. It's it's one of those things that I watched it first at work, like with you know, I mean, I mean during my day. And I had the window open and I was just listening to it. And, and I went back and rewatched most of it last night. And it really is funnier the second time once you're over like the whole like expectation of what it's going to be mm-hmm. and how uh, the 80s movie kind of thing. And, I could maybe like, see it. <laughs> it's really enjoyable. What I was going to say I liked was that at the end, um, she gets the money to go to Vegas. And I had assumed she was going to have. Uh, you know, an epiphany that, no, this is where I really belong with all these people and all my friends. Nope, she's in Vegas shaking her tassels. I like that. I thought that was... With a bunch of Paul Lynn dancers. <laughs> yeah! There were all those, like, shirtless guys. I just love that all her dancers were shirtless men. I love that she rapped. By oh, way, my God! She does have, she does have a, a, a song. So, Michael and I, the reason we were hanging out yesterday morning is because we sometimes um, go to dance on the local dance show on coffee tv um called dance party and it was the how they were filming the halloween episode yesterday and one of the songs that they played was elvira's monster rap (laughs) (laughs) and it made me like i was like oh this happened too and so she had (laughs) she clearly has a an extensive rap career as well (laughs) that we're not even addressing but one of the lines from the monster rap that i remember from yesterday and then i had to look up the lyrics today was like um can't see the invisible man, can't see his invisible tan, can't see his invisible hand. Ow, who goosed me? <laughs> <laughs> and then she it's drops like... the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and then rap was never topped. <laughs> Everyone just gave up rapping after that. <laughs> That's why Flavor Flav started that uh, Flavor of Love show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, can you imagine a flavor, fla- a flavor of love type show with Elvira as the protagonist? God, <laughs> like the types of guys that she would be making, <laughs> like and like the types of activities she would make them do. God, I would watch that so hard. <laughs> what was the point of flavor, flavor of love? What was I, I don't know to get him a, get him laid? I guess I think the Elvira, Elvira's show, she would just every season not pick any of them. <laughs> yeah, and then at the end she would just instead take the money and go to Vegas and <laughs> yeah. like do a dance number and that would be the <laughs> One end. Of those shirtless guys. Yeah. I mean that's the only time I've ever seen her in a different outfit. Like that dance number. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like she wears a different outfit entirely and she it's wears a like two outfits, right? Number. Uh, she, doesn't she do a costume change because she's wearing that tassel bra at the end and then she does that thing where the tassels spin around one at a time? <laughs> <laughs> Which is really I at first I was trying to remember if they if they looked motorized, but I think she actually does it. She was a go go dancer. Yeah. For Fellini. 
I kind of, I kind of want one that that's motorized, so I don't have to move and I just like spin around all the time. Switch it on and smoke a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) This younger generation, man, so reliant on technology, lazy motherfuckers. And now we have Robo Go Go. And it's just me in a wheelchair, and I just like wheel myself out and like turn on the bra and like kick back. Dude, that that's Smoke that's a, a fetish video you could make money off of. I think I've found my calling. Consider this my two weeks' notice. I love that the majority of the show has just been us giggling at shit. <laughs> I know you guys were making it sound a lot more fun than I think it was, but maybe. Oh man. I've had three cups of coffee today already, though, so that could be part of it. But I, re- I mean, I genuinely loved Elvira. And again, Paul Lynn made me really uncomfortable. And so it was really <laughs> a relief to watch Elvira just be like pure, confident fun and not like a wormy, self-loathing, right. bitchy. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you have a choice between these two, it's definitely Elvira. Oh, yeah, by far. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's all I wanted. I'm happy. I'm satisfied with that recommendation. So we're going to have that series where we do a bunch of the Paul Lynn show. We should also do a series where we do the Elvira show. Okay. Which yeah, apparently totally was a thing. And watch it. We should totally get that show and watch it. Okay. She moved to Manhattan, Kansas with her wacky Aunt Minerva and their talking cat. Elvira what? is working as a fortune teller and selling love potions on the side. Everything is going just swell until Elvira falls for a hunk named Chip, who is actually an undercover cop there to bust her for a phony love potion that put one of her poor customers in the hospital. Does he fall in love with her, though, instead? That doesn't say. I guess you have to watch to find out. (laughs) Because I feel like my prediction would be that he would learn to love her at the end. Oh, my gosh. Who plays Anne Minerva but Catherine Hellmond? What? The great uh, Mona. <laughs> that sounds great. What are we talking about? Are we talking about the sequel? <laughs> no, no, no. Not, no, this was a sitcom. Yeah, this was not the reality show. Oh, so it's not real? There no. is a reality show, but there no, is a reality not... show, but there's not a sitcom with Catherine Hillman. This is this is no, this is something I read from the IMDb. This, this is a real. sitcom. It sounds like this yeah. is real. This is real. I'm not making this up for once. What's it called? Oh, I guess it was just a pilot. Oh, oh, shit. So it says four episodes were made. I don't know. IMDb is sometimes confusing. Uh, wait, so po- wait a minute. So this is where four episodes were made of this, but then also four episodes were made of uh, the maybe reality I show? Just, maybe I just remember four from before. Yeah, okay, good. I was, yeah. Well, the reality show was definitely four. Yeah, there's no four. This was just a pilot. That's Side good. note, I w- when I was in the Army, uh, I was stationed at Fort Riley, Kansas, which was... Uh, Right next to Manhattan, Kansas, which is the biggest shithole. It's. I think it's funny that they set a TV well, show in Manhattan, is, Kansas. She's from there, so it's probably where they set oh. what. Yeah, well, in the thing, it said there she was from Manhattan, Kansas, until they flooded it to make a reservoir, and then she moved to it somewhere else. She moved to, like, Colorado or something. Really? They <laughs> flooded the city? That's what I was so confused. I was like, did this happen? Where they were just like... Oh, like, the area she was in, okay. Moved, everybody moved out, and then there were, like, 30 people left, and then they were just like, okay, you guys have to move, too, because we're just going to, like, open this river up and flood your town. Well, that's what <laughs> happened, yeah. Jeez, I've been there, crazy. and uh, they should flood it again. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. Um, all right. Only one of the towns that was flooded went somewhere else. Everyone else has said, fuck it. 
<laughs> just let us drown. <laughs> yeah, they, so Randolph moves somewhere else. Everywhere else is just, just let it flood. So no, I guess if you go, what they did that, is they put two of every person into a boat, <laughs> <laughs> and then they sank the boat <laughs> for the good of all humanity. Uh, also, I just said two of every person. That's where cloning was created. <laughs> yes, the second Manhattan Project. This is this is great. I I have no desire to go there, but I like the fact that it exists because there's also an urban legend that humanity lives in this man-made. Le- <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how it got there. And why is that the legend? You know, like not like a monster, but a manatee. This man, the Loch Ness manatee. I think what happened is the the river was filled with nuclear waste, and that a man and a cow merged into one. <laughs> I thought you were going towards some kind of bestiality. Deal. I did too. <laughs> nope. It is Kansas, after all. Um. Yeah, well, so it sounds like we have two enthusiastic thumbs up, and uh, me and I think I probably liked it more than Pat, but I'll have I'll give it a thumb sideways. Maybe I'll watch it again in a different frame of mind. I like it much better after you, you guys talked about it. I know it does sound it does sound more entertaining. I, 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 than... could, I could watch it, enjoy the jokes. I did enjoy a lot of the jokes, but the story was so goofy. Yeah. Also, why was it okay that they had a witch burning? I mean, I know that I'm like, I'm, if I'm suspending disbelief. For what do you mean okay? <laughs> In what way do you mean okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I've suspended disbelief for all of the magic stuff. I'm willing to believe all of everything else happened. But I'm just like, is. Like, in what way did no one object to their burning someone alive, like, in 1989 or whenever this movie was made? <laughs> it was a commentary on uh, the Jerry Falwell-type people and their, their witch hunts. Oh, I see. Now you Plus, have to like it even more. It's socially relevant. <laughs> Plus, this is a town where people don't think it's weird to eat a casserole at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> right. So anything goes. It is a town where all the movies are rated G. <laughs> And yet, still nobody goes in this in this uh, prudish town. Nobody goes to see the G-rated movies. Yeah, that's why the hunk was doing so poorly. I want to talk about the hunk just for a second because yeah, I do too. He had, uh, if there's such a thing as negative charisma, I think he had it. <laughs> I think he could have just as easily been played by a horse or a sack of flour. Did he have any lines? I don't think he talked. So a sack he of flour would be perfect. Oh, I thought he was hunky. Oh, he, I, he looked fine. No, I mean, I thought he, like, I think that the fact that he was a gentle soul was attractive. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't stupid. He was just, he was pure of heart. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, when you think, when you read about, like, old, I'm not saying that she's this controlling, but when you read about, like, old Joan Crawford or Betty Davis movies, like, they controlled who was cast with them because they wanted to focus on them. Well, and, and that's, he would have been, it would have been weird if he had right. as much personality as her. Totally. Yeah, I, yeah. And I impossible. I could see him. <laughs> <laughs> what if it were, like, the male Elvira? That See, that would have been... That would not have been a straight that man. There was worked. no way that they could have. <laughs> I no, mean, it... e- even her uncle was clearly like an old queen. So there's no way that they could have had like a straight. It like... would have been Paul Lind, but he had died that week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paul Lind in a bedazzled leather cape. 
There's, was, I forget if it was no, the principal or the real estate man was played by that guy who's never been anything but evil in movies. It was the real yeah. estate dude. Yeah, he's always in movies playing someone evil. Always some scumbag, yeah. He's a great scumbag character actor. <laughs> oh, wait, are you talking about uh, the, the other... The real estate Murray? guy. Wait, he was in Wayne's World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a bad What's guy in that, name? right? Let me see. I don't know, but... But he was a bad guy, but he was also kind of good Fuller. in Wayne's World. Kurt What's that? Fuller. Kurt Fuller. Okay. Yeah, he was he was a bad guy in Wayne's World, but he was lo- he was a lovable bad guy. I don't know why I all of a sudden thought he was like one of Bill Murray's brothers. Maybe I just like weirdly associate him with like Brian. <laughs> what is the what, which is Bill Murray? Which is the Murray brother that stars in that uh, um, moving violations that '80s movie about like driving school? Holy that was shit. kind of like Police Academy, but with driving school. No idea. <laughs> I would say Brian Bill and Mary because that's the only brother I know. No, it's another No, it one. wasn't. John Murray. I've never heard of him. Wait. Yeah, John. His name is John Murray? Mm-hmm. Okay. And there he's a brother. He's a Murray brother. His last movie was... Oh, no. I thought it was Moving Violations, but... <laughs> All right. We need to do Moving Violations another time. <laughs> I think there's a scene where he has sex in like an anti-gravity chamber somehow and I can't remember how how the storyline got them there. All right, so it also we, has Gentil, Jennifer Tilly. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was the love interest. And Wendy Jo Sperber, yay. Oh, um, bosom buddies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, sorry guys. I'm really again, that coffee is really making me scatter. It's not us. But. That Paul Lynn was Paul Lynn was the one who was snoring. <laughs> Talk about me some more. <laughs> Make me feel welcome again. <laughs> I hate myself in the afterlife. <laughs> oh. uh, R.I.P. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, I guess uh, I guess we've done it for our first of these Halloween episodes. Uh, I guess, I, this was fun. Do we have recommendations? Asians, Asians, Asians. Can can they be spooky recommendations? Oh, of course. Yes, I they think they to. should only be spooky. Okay, yes. that's a good that's a good policy. Okay, if yes, we have let's go a spooky with it. violation, do it. If not, move on. Well, I'll I'll go first then because I have a I have a couple spooky recommendations. I am, um, and they're just because when we were deciding on um, what to watch for this series, I kept remembering more films that films that I wanted to share with you guys that we didn't talk about. And one of them was Troll 2, which I feel like anybody who has wanted, who likes those type of movies has probably already seen Troll 2. But I've got a spooky recommend Troll 2 um, just because we're not watching it for the series and I'm disappointed that we're not going to talk about it. We should watch that with uh, the documentary then, right? Yeah. Best best worst movie or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, best worst movie. The best thing. So real quick, Troll 2. um, There was a Troll 1. And do we have to nothing, watch that to understand It has what's nothing going on to do with Troll 2. It is a totally different totally movie. Different. It's one of those things where it's yeah, it's one of those things where like the second movie was made by a different director and was a different thing. And the director is this Italian guy who apparently thinks Troll 2 is an amazing film and <laughs> so he's excited to come to America and watch it at this film fest and then he gets mad at everybody because like most Italians he takes himself too seriously <laughs> so, so is this true that there are no trolls actually depicted in Troll 2? No, there's no there's not really trolls yeah. per se they're kind of more like little goblins or something like that but, but basically a fine this, distinction. 
No, trolls have a have a role. Trolls live under bridges. Oh, true. <laughs> they ask people questions. They eat them. But go- these goblins, they're more just like random. They're vegetarian forest goblins. <laughs> that, but they, <laughs> the oh, worst no, they, kind of goblin. They eat humans, but they turns them turn them into plants first. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, but they live in a vegetarian. <laughs> they live in a town called Nilbog, which spoiler alert is goblin spelled backwards <laughs> and it's it's this family that goes to um goes to nilbog on vacation for some odd reason they do like a house trade with them with this other nilbog family and then the entire time everyone in nilbog is super bananas cuckoo weird and then um and oh the other good part is that the grandfather for some reason is like haunting them in a positive way. Their dead grandfather is like haunting them to warn them about Nilbog and right. the, like but not he's to a eat real the food. dick about it too. He's like a he real is, he ass. makes little kid pee on their food so that they won't eat it. <laughs> he's so, really angry. He's so Spoiler bizarre. alert. I yeah. watch this. Sorry. Okay. So I recommend Troll 2. And then the other movie that I thought about, which is more in the vein of they live or something like that is this movie. It's an eighties sci-fi horror movie called life force, which is really good. Um, that one is basically there's like, um, a, a really like super hottie with a body alien that comes back is rescued from this spaceship. Like these guys are in space and they find these three people in pods and they bring them back to earth. And then, um, this isn't a spoiler because right, this happens pretty near the beginning. But it turns out that the haughty woman alien just like hypnotizes men with her boobs, and then they can't stop thinking about her, and they need to make out with her immediately. And then they do, and she like pulls all the moisture out of their bodies and turns <laughs> them into like these like <laughs> decrepit, dusty skeletons. Shit, and I then she's that. and it's so sexist, but. It's great. If you, again, I mean, like Silent Night, Deadly Night, if you can overlook the fact that it's clearly about, like, men who feel that, like, women are somehow controlling them with sex and that they, like, despise them for it, if you can get over all of that, I highly recommend it. (laughs) Michael? (laughs) (laughs) I I agree with Laura. For sure. Love Troll 2. Okay. Um, We, um... Did we actually tell anybody? Did we say anything? Like, how will people know who are listening to this know that we're doing a Halloween series? Just maybe put it in the title. Yeah. Halloween oh, okay. series, volume one. Right. Gotcha. I mean, we'll, so this we'll is the something first. something up on Facebook for people who are on our Facebook. Is that what you mean? I don't. Yeah. yeah I was I'll, just I'll put it in the. I'll put it in the podcast title. Gotcha, gotcha. But and but also at the end of before October starts, we're saying this new series is going to start. So listen. Yeah, we'll say it on the podcast. Well, you've, too. you've got branding and marketing, all that in place. That's wonderful. We'll just, just, tell, yeah. just wonderful. tell April to do it all. Yeah. Perfect. She needs something to do. <laughs> um, no, um, my recommendation would be um, short and sweet um, for horror-related things. The the movie The Bloody Pit of Horror. Ooh. If you haven't seen it, it is. Um, a, an Italian um, horror film from the 60s, and the it's super super campy, and well maybe not super campy. It's ridiculous to watch, but it stars um, Mickey Hargitay, who is obviously Mariska, Marissa Hargitay's Hargit- Hargit- father, and he was like a bodybuilder or something. So Mm-mm. even for the 60s, he is super hot in this movie because he is like ripped. 
and he plays this um like these people get trapped in a castle um you can figure out the rest he's the um, <laughs> can i <laughs> Bikini tops come off. It's just it's what you would expect, and um, he plays this this guy who's possessed by this old spirit of this killer who kills people based on their um, immorality or something. Wait, and he's called the Crimson she Executioner. Said she said to wait. She's no, thinking. I'm She's sorry. Thinking. I've either seen this movie or I've seen the. Ex- I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if there was another <laughs> '60s like campy horror movie where people get trapped in a castle and then are slowly murdered for their right. seven deadly sins. But I have seen a movie just like that, and like many of these movies, um, lot a lot of them were distributed under many different titles. Sure. I'm just wondering if we've seen this same movie. Did it have like? But did both of the hot women end up making out at one point? Oh, you know, I don't remember. Okay. They might have. It's what's the most notable about this film is that Mickey Hargitay is super hot and wears this red leotard, <laughs> no shirt, and then a hood, like a red like hood that just covers his head with like a black domino mask. And every oh time he God. runs into a scene, every time he's attacking anybody, he's like, now you'll face the Crimson Executioner. And then like... <laughs> Every scene he says those words and it gets to be almost ridiculous. And then he kills people both with like weapons, but also like this elaborate spider web and this, this, this mechanical spider. And they show this woman, (laughs) there's a scene where this woman is trapped in a spider web and this mechanical spider is like jiggling towards her. It's clearly (laughs) fake. It's she's screaming and she's like, no, save yourselves. Like it's going to kill me. And she's clearly holding on to the web. You know, it's not. And and shaking it. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, we don't have any set hands today. So please also shake the spider. (laughs) But it's it's got a surprisingly bloody um, for a movie that's so stupid, but it's good fun for a Halloween type movie that isn't really horror is more like enjoyable. Um, sex romp slash horror <laughs> well and since i am a bit more refined than mr morris i'm going to <laughs> give our listeners the uh, italian title which oh. is il bola scalato <laughs> so you can look it up that way as well it was also called i see that uh, a oh. tale of torture um, Some cause... virgins for the hangman yeah. <laughs> oh. the castle like... of martina sounds terrifying i like the, the... Okay, sorry. Sorry. Yep. The, the short write-up underneath the movie poster on Wikipedia is he was a homicidal ma- maniac who lived to kill <laughs> <laughs> yeah lived to kill in all caps it's good it's really like it's fun like guilty pleasure watching for sure and it's um it looks like it's free on the internet archive where it's on YouTube oh, really? well, awesome yeah. I'll check I'll yeah. totally check that out it's one of those things that that coffee late night thing that used to that, that got canceled the what was it called creepy coffee movie time it's yeah. our yeah our, they that showed was it the on one that. with the demon right right yeah, exactly i saw it on that show first and it was like mind altering at the time because you know late night whatever and i was like this is insane <laughs> it's really it's fun to watch so if you, if you have a chance so if a movie like this is in the public domain does that mean nobody protected it or is it just different laws in italy I think it means that nobody exists to represent it or protect it. To give a shit. Or cares, yeah. Because <laughs> the, the copyright is still there. Oh. It just means that nobody must care. Well, Mariska Hargitay, get oh. on that shit. I was just going to say that. <laughs> protect your father's image. At this point, once you see this movie, there's no way you can protect his image. <laughs> it's terrible. 
Um, do you mind if I go, Pat? Uh, I, I am not a big gore fan, uh, so I'm going to recommend something that I found disturbing back when I saw it. Uh, Jacob's Ladder. Oh, yeah. Uh, 1990 with Tim Robbins. Mm -hmm. That is, I, I don't know, I guess you, it doesn't really count as horror, although it has horror elements. I guess it's kind of more suspense, but it freaked my shit out the first time I saw it. I think one of the times Jessica was uh, guest guested on our show, she recommended that, too. Yeah, it's... It, it's got those people doing the weird, freaky back-and-forth shit with their heads really fast. I, I Is there know. something in there with somebody's eyes sewed shut? Yeah, I think so. So uh, that is creepy. Yeah, so it's a creepy movie, but but not gory for people who don't like that stuff. Well, there's some gore, but it's not, it's, it's not slasher. So that's mine. I think I'll recommend a book by Joe Hill, who's Stephen King's son, called 20th Century Ghosts. It has some horror in it and some really fun stories. And I think my favorite story from the... It's a collection of short stories. And my favorite is called Pop Art about uh, a boy who's made of inflatable plastic and his only friend. Aww. Is, is his good. only a friend like a recycling bin? No, it's, a, it's an actual person. Oh. It's really good. Have you ever read um, Lock and Key? Yeah, I love that. Oh, so good. Also, Joe Hill. So good. Yeah, really good. Uh, excellent. I... I think he's better than his dad sometimes. Oh, I don't think that would be difficult. Yeah, I was no. going to say that. That's not saying much. <laughs> I think he's really good. Like, Lock and Key lost me a little bit at the end, but I think that it was it's so good. Such a good series. Yeah, I, I, I think they're talking about making movies of it, and I don't know if they can really capture it as well in that form, but it'll be interesting to see them try. It's really... Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, All right. Then Can I, I just quickly um, say that the movie that I was thinking of that I thought Michael was talking about <laughs> is called is called The Devil's Nightmare. I had to look it up because oh. I couldn't remember, but uh, it actually is about succubi. Man, you are really on an anti-woman kick with your. No, I don't understand what's going. I think it's because, especially so many of the Italian ones, but a lot of horror does have that. I mean, yeah, it's all made by dudes. What it's, are you gonna do? It's true, dudes who were. Obviously rejected quite a lot and took it to heart in ways that maybe they shouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe they shouldn't invent have invented a thing where women needed to always keep their pants on. Well, maybe the perfect <laughs> maybe the perfect way to wrap this up would be I was watching Paul Lind on Hollywood Square. <laughs> Wait, night. before we wrap things up, before we wrap things up, I just want to say The Devil's Nightmare stars the star of Rafifi. Oh no, no shit! One of our other uh, episodes. Oh, oh nice. wow. No. Okay, sorry, you were watching Paul Lind. <laughs> he was talking about, um, they were talking, it was a misogyny joke. They were talking about, um, it, it was a Hollywood Squares question where the, the host posted to him and said, um, when a man is on a boat and falls overboard, they yell, man overboard. What happens when a woman falls off of a oh, boat? God. And Paul's answer was, uh, you say, f uh, full speed ahead. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, Paul. Oh, Paul. As terrible as that joke is, it's better than the Paul Lynn Halloween special. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, no surprises that he didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, exactly. He was just like, more rations for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, all right. Well, I oh. guess we're recording this early, but it'll be out in. October, but uh, Spooky. we'll be having these guys on all month. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm calling Laura a guy because she obviously hates women so much. Um, <laughs> so she fits right in with our club. Aww. E-man, woman haters club. I'm going to be single forever. Full <laughs> speed ahead. <laughs> you said you hated women, not guys. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Like us on Facebook. Uh, tell all your friends to listen. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com and rate us highly on iTunes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, write, ask us uh, advice questions. We're trying to get yes. uh, an advice yes. column. Going. Advice, oh. advice questions? Yes. Yeah. We, 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 <laughs> we want to do an advice <laughs> column. So please send some more. I have an advice question for you. <laughs> well, you know, you don't want to ask us questions. No, you like, can't be here when we answer because you might be insulted with our answers. <laughs> I would say an advice question is, I, I think that's legit, right? Like, you don't ask, like, at what rate the universe is expanding. That's not really advice that anybody But if you have use. that question, we'll answer it. Yeah, we'll answer it. If you're that dumb, but you don't know. <laughs> and instinctively. Our are that dumb. I mean, they aren't. Full speed ahead. So until next time, <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.